Well, good morning, everybody. So glad that you're joining us today. I want to jump right in, and I want to start with a question. And the question for you and me today is, is this. What do we need most right now? At the very beginning, I, I actually wrote this out. What do I need most right now for you to be uh, introspective about yourself? But, but the truth is, it's really about all of us globally, all, you know, as a society, as a nation, as a city, at different locations, wherever you're watching from, what do we need most right now? I would say that probably some of you would say, we need COVID to go away. Like we got we need a COVID to get gone, right? I know all of us would agree with that. Some of you are thinking, I need my stimulus check. When that's going to come in the mail, right? Some of you are wondering, uh, what you need most right now is you need an algebra refresher because you have all of a sudden not only become a, 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 uh, a leader, a manager, but you've also become a homeschooler in the middle of all this and you need an algebra refresher just like me and Janet did. Uh, for some of you, you've been uh, working and uh, you need time away from your family because <clears throat> you didn't intend on spending this much time with your family. Or maybe you're on the other side of that and you've been working so much, you haven't been able to have time with family. And even though some people are like, I'm sick and tired of my kids, you haven't even seen your kids because you're working up at the hospital or you're a police officer, a nurse, or, or the way your office works, it's just, it's consumed your time. And you're saying, Everybody's saying they're at home. I wish I could be a little bit at home. I do know all of us, as far as what we need most right now, I know some of us are saying, can we just have some kind of timeline? Can we just have some kind of, of uh, light at the end of the tunnel of when exactly we're going to get back? And so there is this space of what we need most right now. Some people are feeling that with, you know, we need to get back to work because our economy depends on it. And other experts are saying, no, 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 we need to stay right where we are because our economy will implode that much more if we prematurely get out there. And so how do you, how do you navigate two realities of we can't stay like this forever but if we prematurely get back out there, we'll, we'll hurt ourselves worse. What makes the difference? And it's this word, wisdom. Wisdom helps me determine the right way to go in more than one questions. With, with more than one issue, how to, what's the right thing to do in the middle of this craziness? In fact, that's what we need most, more than anything right now, is all of us need to be doing the wise thing. We need to be praying for wisdom for our, our leaders. And you know, as I was uh, praying about what to talk about after Easter, I had a whole series lined up. In fact, we've had a few series, depending upon where we're going to go and how long this thing going to last and when we get back. And we are already planning, we're going to have a huge party when everybody comes back. But in the meantime, what, what do we need most from the Lord? What, what do I sense the Holy Spirit saying that we need to be talking about together? Well, you don't have to search very far in the book of Proverbs to find this scripture. And, and we're going through the book of Proverbs as a church on Facebook. I invite you to, to follow along. But here's what Proverbs 4 says. Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is supreme. It's the deal. The reason they call it a supreme pizza is because it's got all of the toppings, baby. You don't call a cheese pizza supreme. And you don't even call pizza with cheese and pineapple on it even a pizza. What are you thinking, America? I digress. Wisdom is supreme. 
Therefore, get it, like get after it, chase after it. Though it cost all your stimulus check, <laughs> though it cost all you have, get understanding, get this kind of wisdom. And I want you to know that what we need most right now is not knowledge. Uh, knowledge is, is information. Knowledge is, is intellect. But wisdom surpasses knowledge. In fact, knowledge builds the Titanic, but wisdom avoids the icebergs. Uh, wisdom builds a house. It's the brick and the mortar and the stone and the angles and the geometry and the weight load. But wisdom, knowledge builds a house. Wisdom builds a home. It's the atmosphere, the culture, the love and the support and the emotions. Knowledge understands God. You can memorize scripture. You can know the Bible from Genesis to maps the, at the very back of your Bible. Uh, knowledge understands God, but wisdom walks with God. Wisdom understands it's not just about scripture, but it's about the, the person who breathed those scriptures. Billy Graham says it like this, knowledge is horizontal, but wisdom is vertical. It comes down from above. So today, I want to talk about how wisdom, a little bit of wisdom, can go a really long way as we launch this brand new series of that same title. And what I want to do today is I want to simply ask four questions. I want to unpack four very simple questions in order to get us started in the right direction for this series. So when it comes to wisdom, the four questions we're going to ask today. Wisdom, what is it? Why is it so important? Well, you know, what, what, what? Why have it? Why is it such a problem? Like it can be difficult to attain sometimes. And here's a big one, a little self-inventory, a little self-reflection. Do I have any of it? And I'm not asking you to reflect on me. Does Pastor Jeremy have any of it? Okay, that's, that's the job of my wife and my mother-in-law apparently. <laughs> but, but for you, do you have any wisdom? What does that look like and how do you grow it? So wisdom, what? Is it? Well, in order to really begin to define wisdom, we go to the source of wisdom. We go to God. We go to the Word of God, which is the moral compass for our life. And we go to the book of Proverbs. It's wisdom literature. And we go to Proverbs chapter 1. The whole book of Proverbs unpacks itself with this very first few verses in Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, who God said was the wisest man who ever lived, son of David, king of Israel. Here are the Proverbs, and here's why we have them. We have the Proverbs for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. All of us want to live in that capacity. It's also for giving prudence to those who are simple and, and knowledge and discretion to the young. It, 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 let the wise listen and add to their learning. In other words, once I get wise, once I have wisdom, I don't stop. I'm always learning. I, I stack wisdom on wisdom on wisdom. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding. Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Sometimes wisdom can be in the form of riddles, like it's hard to understand. You can have the knowledge of the words, but you don't have the wisdom to unwrap the words. And, and that's what wisdom does. And it gives us a little caution, like a, here's, a, here's a warning, little red flashing light. The waywardness of the simple will kill them. 
the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me, Solomon is talking, and really it's the word of God. Whoever listens will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. If there was ever a time where you and I were praying for life and safety and a little bit more ease without fear, it's now. If there was ever a time to want to live like that. So what do we need most right now, more than ever? We need wisdom. So wisdom, what is it? According to these first few verses of the book of Proverbs, we get the definition of wisdom. We see that wisdom is insight. And knowledge is more about eyesight. I read it and I understand it. Wisdom sees into something. Insight gives me the ability to see beyond the external. A lot of people can see a problem. Insight helps me diagnose where the problem's coming from, helps me see the problem from different angles. In other words, you could write it down. Insight helps me diagnose a situation in different ways. The, the marriage is a little rocky. Insight gives me, oh, I'm not spending enough time. It's not like, well, we just don't understand each other. Wisdom gives me insight. Another definition within, within uh, wisdom in that first few verses is prudence. Um, and, and prudence, if, if insight is the ability to diagnose a situation, prudence gives us the ability to solve a situation. So it's one thing to diagnose there's a problem here and look at different ways that that problem is existing. Prudence helps me with practical application on how to solve the situation. But it doesn't just stop there with insight and prudence. As we read the book of Proverbs, we realize that it's also about depth of character. Character comes from this root Latin word that, that's about like the chiseling away of a piece of granite. Your character is like a, like a piece of rock that's been chiseled away. And, and the more you chisel away, do you know what chisels away? Uh, your decisions. Little decisions that become big decisions are actually like that hammer and that chisel that click, 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 chisels away at the granite of your life to, to reveal who you are becoming. And what God wants us to do is take on the character, convictions, and conduct of Jesus Jesus had perfect convictions, perfect conduct, perfect character. And the more we understand the word of God, the more we see Jesus. And the truth is this, though. When it comes to wisdom and depth of character, you can be a good person and you can be a moral person. You can make good decisions. You can make right decisions. You, you, can, you can live morally pure. But do you know that also you can be good and moral and stupid? You, you, you can be a Christ follower and not be wise. And so being a Christian is about bowing the knee to Christ and inviting him to be the center of your life. Wisdom goes deeper than that. It is something that we develop over time. What is it? It's insight. It's prudence. It's depth of character. Okay, next question. If wisdom is insight and prudence and, and, and depth of character, why is that so important? Why is it important that we have that wisdom? I'll tell you why, okay? You may want to write it down. Because living without wisdom will kill you. It will kill you. Let's go back to the scriptures. Proverbs verse 1, at the end of Proverbs chapter 1, How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? 
for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Like living without wisdom will kill you. And the whole book of Proverbs really begins to unpack in those 31 chapters, which by the way, a little trick of learning wisdom is read a Proverbs a day. We're in 21 days of Proverbs as a church, but, but if you had just wanted to start on your own track, okay, you, you could take uh, today, April 12th, and you could read Proverbs 12. And throughout this, this month, just on whatever day of the month it is, read that Proverbs. If you want to join us on the whole trajectory we're taking of the 21 days through the book of Proverbs, you can do that too. But, but like Proverbs gives us wisdom. And without it, we're, we're going to fail hard. And there are four categories of people in the book of Proverbs. And maybe you might find yourself in one of these categories. In fact, you can find yourself in all of these categories. You can be wise in one area, insight, prudence, and depth of character in the area of finances. But when it comes to the area of relationships, you're like, what in the world? Like, you know how to invest in mutual funds, but you don't know how to invest in your marriage. You can be wise with your money and be foolish with your marriage. There are four categories. The simple is one category. People that are simple are naive. Um, they don't know what they don't know. Um, they're still figuring it out as they go. So like you can't really, you can't be mad at them. It's like you can't be mad at your eight-year-old for, 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 for not knowing something. They don't know what they don't know. You've got to teach them in the way, Right? Also, they can become wayward. The simple, they become wayward easily. Sheep are simple, and we are, we are defined as sheep all throughout the Bible. 400 different times we're considered sheep. Uh, even Psalm 23 says, he, the shepherd leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But because we're sheep, what we tend to do is, instead of being led in that path, we get off the path. We go wayward. Instead of this way, we go that way, and that's going wayward. We also tend to care way too much about the opinion of others when we're simple. Got to get that selfie just right. Got to get make sure people see my family as, as, as a better representation. Do not, do not compare. Comparison, we're going to talk about a little bit of comparison and wisdom in contentment and wisdom in how to deal with comparison during this series because comparison's a, a big trap for all of us. But the simple, that, that's some of us in certain areas, we're living with a simple mindset. There are other people that you would be considered a fool right now. What do you mean, fool? Well, don't, don't, don't get mad at me. Take it up with God. God's the one that describes the fool. And all throughout Proverbs, we see that foolish people, like they, they know the difference between right and wrong, but they don't care. That's what a fool, they, 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 they know the difference, but they don't care. You can't tell them anything. It's not that they don't know what they don't know. They know, but they don't care. And, and like the simple person who cares way too much about the opinion of others, many times the fool, they don't care enough about the opinion of the right people. It's like teenagers, I know you, you think like, you don't even understand, mom. You don't get it. This is 2020. You don't even know. You don't even get it. But like, you need to care more about what your mom says. I'm telling you, it's important that you understand that. The older you get, the more you'll go, oh, they were right. I know it's crazy. It's crazy, but it's true. 
but we, we're kind of born into this foolishness. I'll talk about that in a second. How many of you know that when you talk with a fool, it's really difficult? Like you're trying to answer a fool on Facebook and it just, it, it, it's a downward spiral of, spiral of craziness. In fact, the book of Proverbs talks about it like this in Proverbs 26. Do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like him. Don't answer them. Don't answer them. But then uh, the next scripture says it this way. Answer a fool according to his folly or he will be wise in his own eyes. What is the Bible saying here? Like you can't win with a fool. Like you answer him, you don't answer him. A fool's gonna be a fool. They don't care. They just don't care. And I wonder if you know God says it this way, but you just don't care. You know God's word says this is how you should live, but you got your own theories. You got your own ideas. You don't care. I wanna say that's, that's, that's foolishness. The third area is the mocker, the mocker. Um, the internet would call them trolls, okay? And in a mocker, they don't just do wrong, they criticize those that do right. They, they don't just do the wrong thing, they actually make fun of those who do right, or they criticize you, or they cannot see the sequoia tree hanging from their own eye as they judge everyone else. They're a mocker, and the Bible says mockers delight in their own mockery. So you got the simple, you got the fool, you got the mocker, and then you've got the kind of people we, we want to be. Nobody wakes up saying, boy, I'd like to be foolish today. Nobody wakes up and washes their face and looks in the mirror and says, ha, let's be a mocker. No, everybody wants to be the fourth category, wise. We want to be wise. And, and here's really what the wise look like. Proverbs says it like this in chapter 9. When you instruct the wise, they'll be wiser still. You teach them and they add to their learning. So the person who's wise, they are, they're an open book. They're willing to learn. They're stacked with humility. I have learned that if I'm stacked with enough humility, I can learn from anyone. I can learn from those younger than me. I can learn from those older than me. I can learn from those in my profession. I can learn from those outside my profession. I can learn from, from those I agree with, and I can learn from those I disagree with, if I'm wise. But I can tell you, I, I can't be corrected if I'm in those other categories. I don't learn like I should learn if I let myself live in the other categories. In fact, if you try to correct the simple, they just won't get it. They, they won't get you. You correct a fool, they'll end up ignoring you. Uh, let me live my life. You try to correct a mocker and they'll just hate you and criticize you. Like you're an idiot. You don't even know what you're talking about. And you get into a big old debate with them, you know, talking to them at the top of, the, top of your thumbs on Facebook. They're not even gonna listen. You're gonna waste it. But if you correct the wise, they'll thank you. I want to be the kind of leader. I want to be the kind of dad. I want to be the kind of husband that will be wise. And that means that I can take correction. I'm going to be very vulnerable and transparent with you. This last week, the Monday after Easter, I was in a conversation with my son. And he said, man, it, it won't freaking do it. And I stopped and I said, hey, hey, 
Be smart with your words. Don't, don't say freaking all the time. Don't say freaking and freaking. It just, it just pours out of your mouth. And he said, Dad, you say freaking all the time. And I said, do as I say, not as I do. No, I stopped and I said, Dah! you're right. You're right. And so we made an agreement that every time I say freaking, um, he gets $4.99 to put towards Fortnite. <laughs> but every time he says freaking, he can't play Fortnite for, for 24 hours. So it's a fair deal. We're learning, everybody. We're getting wiser, okay? We're all getting wiser. I need to learn even from my children. I need to learn from my, even the people that I, I lead. I want to learn. A couple of years ago, um, in, a, in a moment of stupidity, in a moment of foolishness, I was in Cafe Del Rio. And I was in the waiting area. And someone walked in who is not a fan of your pastor. They don't like me. I don't know why. I don't know what I've done to offend them. They used to go to the church. Now they don't. Uh, it, it just is what it is. I, I can tell you there are some people, even if you gave them gold bricks, they would complain that you gave it to them and didn't carry it for them to their car. Okay? I mean, it's just some people just going to, just going to, you can't please everybody is what I'm saying. And they walked in and I called them by name and they just like, bluntly ignored me right in front of me. I called them by name again. Hey, name. Hey, name. I got a little louder. Hey, name. And then I, to be honest with you, they got the best of me. They got the best of me. And I, I yelled out loud enough for anybody in Cafe Del Rio to hear me. This is your pastor and I'm being vulnerable with you, so please forgive me. But I yelled out, you're a jerk name. <laughs> and oh, I felt good in the moment. It felt good in the moment. And I sat down and I was all hot and bothered by him. Hot and bothered. You know what my wife said to me? <laughs> you know what my wife said to me? She said, you know, you probably should have paid for his meal and told him you loved him instead of yelling across the tables, you're a jerk. She was right. I told that story to my staff and a staff member called me and said, man, don't let them get the best of you. And I said to the staff member, we'll call him Stephen Courtney because that's his name. I said, Stephen, he said, am I going too far by saying that? I said, Stephen, thank you. Thank, thank you. I, I, I want to grow and learn. Have I always been that way? Am I always that way? No, I got plenty of areas to learn, plenty of areas to grow. I am foolish still in some of the ways I treat my spouse and some of the words that I use. I wanna get better, but if we'll, if we'll get wise when we get correction, eventually we'll learn how to thank those people. I can't tell you how many times I've called my dad up and just said, thank you, thank you for your words of wisdom. Thank you for not giving up on me. I was such an idiot. So why is wisdom important? <laughs> what is wisdom? The third question, why is it such a problem? If wisdom's so important and wisdom is so good for us, why, why, is, it, why is it such a problem for us? Because I can tell you, you are hardwired for foolishness. You may want to write it down. Foolishness is natural. 
You make me feel like a natural fool. Like, that's what life does. You are naturally foolish. Bible says in Proverbs 22, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Like, we're born simple and young and foolish and naive. We don't know what we don't know. So foolishness is a natural thing for us to get beyond. Wisdom, it takes time and it's acquired. And I can say to you that there are some of you, to be honest, you grew older, but you didn't grow wiser. Just because you got gray hair doesn't mean you're wise. Okay, but you have, wisdom comes with time, but sometimes time comes by itself. And in, in another way though, sometimes you can be wise beyond your years. Solomon was young and yet very wise. Wisdom is acquired, so you have, to, you have to chase after it, and it takes a little bit of time. I, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I used to um, cram for exams. Uh, you know, there'd be a history exam, and you're trying to figure out, uh, you know, all the states of every, you know, all the capital of every states, and, and you're trying to, and you, you memorize it all the night before, and you cram, and you cram, baby, and then you get there, and you get it, but like two hours after lunch and, and time, uh, you know, playing tetherball, you cannot remember the capital of Wyoming anymore, Casper, by the way. Like, you, you just can't, you can't remember it because you crammed for it. Let me say something about wisdom. You cannot cram for the wisdom exam. It's acquired over time. And so I want to leave you with this question. Do I have any of it? Do you have wisdom? You may say, yeah, I, got, I, I know what to do. I know, I know how to live life. I know what's going on. I'm, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. I want you to be careful about that because you might trick yourself. In fact, Proverbs says it like this. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. When you think I got my own theories about God, I got my own theories about life, I can handle this, I just gotta pull myself up by the bootstraps, that is being wise in your own eyes and the antidote to that foolishness, the antidote to that, to, to, to being so simple, we see it right in Proverbs as well. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord, that sounds so paradoxical. That sounds weird because in one scripture we read God is love and perfect love drives out all fear. So how is the fear of the Lord the beginning of wisdom? In other words, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord will be with you wherever you go. How is, how is fear the beginning of wisdom if we're supposed to not be afraid? When the Apostle Paul says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. If that's not the spirit we have, then why do we fear the Lord? Because fear is not what you think fear is when it comes to fearing the Lord. It's about reverence and respect and a... Uh, to him and awesomeness to who God is. He's a holy God and 
And if you just know who he is, the Holy One, can I just give you a little knowledge today? Can I just give you a little knowledge about who God is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 19? The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. It goes on to say, the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. Oh, that's the, you need to know this. You need to know the Holy One. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold, the, the most valuable treasure you'd be searching for. Keep searching because the, the knowledge of God is, it's, it's, it's choice gold. It's, it's the, the purest of gold. And these same words, they're a warning to your servant, but they're also a great reward for those who obey them. So what I want to ask you today is, when it comes to an inventory of your heart on wisdom, where do you start with fearing the Lord? Do you start with all those instructions that I just read? All those commandments? No. You start by recognizing who He is, what He's done, recognizing the holiness of God and that there is no one like Him. You can't exchange him for anything else nothing will satisfy there's just no one like the Lord in fact the words of this song say it very clearly would you listen to these words go ahead Cody but holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in so how we should respond. Lead me in that same love. So where do you start? You, you start with the holiness of God, the awesomeness of God, but you don't stop there. That helps with fear, but, but it, it, it's actually not the greatest catalyst towards your reverence and your respect. The greatest catalyst for your, for your wisdom starts not by his, his holiness, but actually fearing the Lord starts when I embrace the foolishness of His grace. The foolishness of His grace. It doesn't make sense that this same God who's pure and right and holy and above all and before all and the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the, the all-knowing and the omniscient, like it doesn't make sense that that God would, 
would send his son to a manger to be the, the son of a virgin teenager with a cabinet maker as a dad and live 90% of his life on earth anonymous like it doesn't make any sense it's foolishness it's foolishness isn't it but then it gets even more foolish that this same God would would kill his son slaughter his son for you and for me why to forgive you to wash your sin away to give you access to him and so fearing the Lord starts when I embrace the foolishness that makes sense that he would do all that for me that grace that he gave me and it's not just his bigness that attracts me to him and learning from him and fearing him it's his love and his grace and the psalmist says there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared so if we understand his forgiveness that's been freely given to us through free to us but cost Jesus everything if we embrace that forgiveness it is the catalyst towards fearing him and fear is the beginning of wisdom don't chase wisdom don't chase wisdom chase Jesus chase his love for you while you were a sinner he still died for you and the wages of your sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life would you just close your eyes right where you are and maybe you're here and you've you've had a simple approach to life you didn't know what you didn't know maybe you've known but you've ignored it maybe there's been a season in your life that you've kind of mocked God I want you to know that he accepts you just like you are you don't have to get things right for him to love you any more or any less he loves you and he already died for you and you wouldn't accept him because you want to get wise you would accept him because of what he's done and his grace and if you'll do that you'll begin to grow so Jesus, right where we are, we surrender to you. Thank you for forgiving us. It doesn't even make sense to our finite minds, your infinite love. But we embrace it today. We surrender. Be the Lord. Holy, awesome, wonderful God. God of the cosmos. Thank you for loving me so much that you would give me this moment to make things right with you. Now, what I need more than anything is you in the center of my life and that I would grow in wisdom as I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Well, come on, let's sing this song together one more time. Go ahead, Cody.
Yeah.